0: and welcome back to spilling the spiritual tea with me your host witchy rose all right guys so today we're going to be talking a little more on divine timing and divination kind of like a continuation of our last episode from last week we're going to be talking more about how to effectively use your divination tools what to expect when you're just starting out the frequently asked questions you're going to receive and how to handle timing questions. So let's get started. First, I want you to pop a squat or, you know, get your tea, get your coffee, pick your poison, continue driving safely. I also want to make sure that you are continuing your routines and just tuning in and let your mind wander and do what it needs to do so that your subconscious mind can take hold of this information. All right, so let's get started. How to effectively use your divinishing tools. Well, first off, you got to make sure that you are taking care of them like you take care of yourself. So every month, you need to make sure you're cleansing your decks of the energy because energy does get stored in your deck and it becomes stagnant. And there are many ways to do this, but the best way is to put out your decks when there is a full moon just outside like on the ledge of your window on the inside or outside it doesn't really matter you're better off putting on the inside just in case the weather decides to destroy your decks and that can get expensive and let the light of the moon recharge revamp and cycle new energy into your cards once every month or if you forget to do that another good way is to put a cleansing crystal like a clear quartz or selenite on top of your deck and let it sit there for a good two days and that will help with cleansing of your deck. All right, next we're going to talk about how to maintain your decks um, and keep away any excess energy as well while you're not using them. Usually decks come in Uh, boxes. Those are great, but you should also put them in an additional box or wrap them up in cloths that are more of a dark color. So blacks are great, dark purples, dark blues, and wrap them up. And this will kind of be like how you wrap your own energy with veiling. Same thing goes for your decks. They're a conduit for energy and you want to make sure the right energy is going in and staying out. And that is a good way to make sure that your tools stay effective, stay grounded in the proper positive energy, and that you're getting the best messages and there isn't no um, miscommunication because they're bottled down with energy that's really dense and negative. Also, you're going to have to, if you use certain decks on a constant, either uh, revamp them, get new ones, and once you're done with a deck, A good way to take get rid of it or, you know, do what you got to do. Don't just throw it away. A great thing to do is to bury it if you have a garden. And that way the energy goes back into the system. Or you can burn it to release the energy of the deck and bring forth a new deck. When you get a new deck, you always have to make sure you connect with that deck. Because sometimes decks aren't meant for us. And sometimes we get a hold of a deck and it's meant for someone else who is in our lifetime that's going to pass by and we're supposed to be the ones to hand it towards them that's okay but just make sure while you're holding on to it that you're also taking care of it um the best way to connect with your decks is to always do a questionnaire basically a tarot spread that questions what the deck's strengths are, what the deck's weaknesses are, how it are your connection or your relationship with your deck is going to be like, and how best to go forward with that relationship with your deck. For example, I have like over 20 decks. Some of my decks are their strengths are like questions about money, finances, your career. I have other decks where they're strengths are relationships, love readings, emotional readings. And then I have decks that are kind of like jacks of all trades. So they're great for just giving advice in general. Now, what should you expect when you're just starting out? Well, first off, you should expect all of your friends and family to ask you to give them free readings all the time. Yep expect that hey you read tarot could you read me and it's usually going to be a love reading especially for those who are like just in the talking stages in a relationship but like they're kind of in the place where they don't know where the relationship is going or they're not really satisfied with the relationship or you have people who are single and wanting to know what that gal or guy is thinking about them they basically want you to go through their underwear drawer for them. So expect that. Also expect people asking you questions about money and about what they should do because they're stuck in life. Those are going to be your frequently asked questions. And if you tell someone you're a reader, they're always going to ask for a free reading. So be mindful of that and really before telling anyone. My biggest advice is to figure out your hard boundaries. So the stuff that you're willing to do and the stuff that you aren't willing to do, because it is energy when you give readings and there should be kind of like a back and forth. So if you do this reading, don't be, make sure that they don't expect that you're going to constantly open to give free readings just on the fly. It is your energy. It is your time. And yes, it is a great way in the beginning to learn. Um, and to get a better feel and connection with your divination tools but also you don't want that to be abused as well so make sure that you put some hard boundaries with the people you love the people around you once you start your divination because you're going to find a lot of people are going to seek you out for free knowledge and free wisdom and some free advice so just be mindful of that also be mindful of how you're learning. So a good way to do, and a lot of people do, is they use the booklets that come with the decks. And that is a great way to start. Not going to shit on that. It is a great way to start. It helps you with a little verb. But also we have to remember these are divination tools. They're tools to help us reconnect with our intuition. So If you're someone who is really based in intuition and is on the fly and sees a bigger picture rather than get stuck on the little details, you probably won't connect so much with what the booklet says. And you'll connect more with what the pictures incite in you, what insights you get when you look at the artwork. And neither of those options is wrong. It all just depends on what jives with you the best. So if you're someone who jives more with how the pictures make you feel and what they bring up, that's great. Do that. But my biggest advice is to write it down, write everything down when you first begin, because insights that you get when you first begin might take years to actually show up. And it's it's really great to go back and see how much you've developed your intuition and, and your skills as a divination tool reader. And it's just good practice to always write things down think of it like science class you know what's the difference between just dicking around and doing science it's writing down all your observations and everything you did while you were dicking around that's literally the only difference and the same goes for divination how do you know if what information you're getting from spirit is right unless you write it down and you're able to go back to it because nine times out of ten While you're doing readings and divination, you kind of become a conduit, kind of like the telephone for spirit to the person you're talking to, whether that be yourself or someone else. So a lot of the times you won't remember a lot of what you said, like hours after you've done the reading. And that's normal. That's actually a really good sign. So while you do remember, while you are cognizant, please write that stuff down. And if you're someone like me who is you know, detail oriented with how I deal with life and information. You're going to find the booklet is a really great way to start, but then you're going to have to wean yourself away from the booklet and trust more so in your gut feelings, in your intuition, in those just knowings that come out of the blue. And this is a great way to do so. Also, when you're starting out, You're going to find certain decks apply to you better than what is given to you or is quote unquote being told to you is the right way to do it. Like there's this, I don't want to call it a myth, but it's kind of like a superstition in the divination community that your first deck is supposed to be gifted to you that's not true. It doesn't have to be gifted to you. If you feel a connection to a deck that you see, whether it's on Amazon or in chapters, Indigo, a book place or a spiritual shop, take that as an initiative and buy the deck. I mean, you're gifting it for yourself. Who said you can't gift your own deck to you, right? You don't have to wait for somebody else. It's not bad luck. Don't worry about it. It's a really old superstition and it really holds no value. Um, I know a lot of people who didn't have their decks gifted to them and they do amazing things with their divination. Um, another thing that you're going to be told about divination that's also kind of like a superstition is that you're supposed to start with the for tarot, uh Rider weight deck. Because it's the OG deck and it's the simplest deck and it's got the basics of the archetypes. Well, Well, mm, that's also not true. I never connected with that deck. I thought it was boring. And to be honest with you, I never liked it. The artwork never fazed me. It was kind of just meh to me. Um, And I got different decks that were more elaborate, more beautiful, more arty. Because I'm an artsy person myself and I'm very visual. And I never had a problem learning tarot. My first deck was actually a gifted deck to me. And it was a deck based on Greek mythology. So it was really, really beautiful. Um, And I did fine. So don't be too worried about and hang up on those things. If you vibe with a deck, take it use it the more you use it the more you'll be able to understand it and the more your readings will be accurate and better because remember people think that all reading should be accurate especially when you first start out that's not entirely true because it's kind of like when you first tap into a phone line sometimes the phone is a little like you got the background noise and you've got like the the radio noise in the background so it's really hard to hear what the other person is saying Same thing goes when you're starting to really get reconnected to your intuition. You're trying to tune into that radio signal that you may not have been tuned into for a long time. So it takes practice. And that brings forth opening up yourself to do readings for the people around you. Um, First things first, always ask permission. Don't just go around doing readings for people on the fly because you're bored and you want to do it and you're tired of doing readings for yourself. Don't do it. Doing tarot readings or divination like that is kind of like going through somebody's diary or going through, you know, their underwear drawer. You have to ask for consent because not everything that's going on in someone's life do they want to be known or public. So always ask permission and ask if someone wants a reading. Now, let's get down to the nitty gritty of the frequently asked questions you're going to get. and. My advice as to how I had to deal with it and the the downfalls that I've learned and what you're going to learn and maybe just a little advice. So first and foremost, you are going to get a shit ton of questions about people's love lives and more so you're going to get shit ton of questions asking what the other person thinks of that person. Now, I know a ton of readers who refuse to do those types of questions unless both parties are cognizant that the reading's happening and that they both consent. And again, it goes back to just because it's kind of like reading someone's diary or going through their underwear drawer without consent. It just feels a little violating. Now, for me personally. I kind of steer towards, okay, you kind of want to know what's going on in this situation. You want to know how they feel. Well, how about we do a spread that's more so talks about the situation between the two of you, because that whenever you're talking about the situation or the relationship between two people, it's still good and consensual because you're not technically going through the other person's, you know. Diary, what you're doing is you're looking at what's happening between the two of you. And that will bring forth, you know, information as to why they are acting the way they are. So this is what's happening in the situation. This is the emotions behind it. So it kind of gives you a little bit about what they think about that person, but in a way that's consensual as if you were literally having a conversation and talking to a friend about that person that you're kind of dating and you're unsure. So you kind of tell them everything that they do. And then that friend gives you a vibe of what that person might be thinking because. You know, you have the wisdom behind it, you've been through it, done that, got the t-shirt, whatever the case may be. It's kind of like that, only a little bit more in-depth and a little more in-tuned. I would always say, depending on where you are, so if you are a minor, stick to maybe reading for minors. For people who are above the minor line, I would advise not to read for minors just because you never know like their frontal lobe isn't as you know it's not developed until they hit 25 so just be wary uh, especially with laws a lot of laws in different countries um, it's against law to do divination because they see it as quote-unquote witchcraft unless it seems as a joke or for entertainment purposes only so be mindful of that but if it's just with your friends Just be mindful of the fact that you're going to get a lot of those love readings and they're going to ask you, well, what does this person think of me? Are they the one? What should I do? My first ever advice, and I say this to my clients all the time, if you like someone or someone likes you, you know, there is no questioning it because they make it known. If someone doesn't feel the same way about you or is unsure about you or really doesn't care and is doing it for the ego or for, you know, the ego boost, you will be left with questions and you will be left confused. So if that's the case, then let them know ahead of time. Yeah, I don't think just give that advice. Don't even give what you think about the situation. Just give that advice. And if they still want the reading, then go ahead. But Always give them the warning or, you know, the little disclaimer that, hey, if you ask questions with tarot or any kind of divination, make sure that you're ready to receive information that probably will hurt your feelings and make sure that you actually want an answer to your question because you will get an answer, whether it's the answer you want or not depends on the situation, but you will get an answer in the end. So be careful what you wish for, um, Other questions you'll get is like, if someone's looking for a career, what should they do in their life? They're in a crossroads. All those like normal questions we ask on a day to day in our human experience, those are going to be the go-tos for everyone who talks to you. And then the next thing they're going to do is they're going to ask you, well, when is this going to happen? Like, give me a time frame. And that's going to mess with you. Because like we talked about earlier in last week's podcast, divine timing is completely different than how do we view time because we view time as linear when it actually isn't. So it all depends on that person. So my advice to deal with situations like that is to basically look at the person and say, The best I can tell you about the timing is it really depends on you and how you take this advice from the deck, the cards that they you are receiving from your spirit guides. So it all depends on how you use that information, how you use that advice. Are you gonna just throw it away because it's not what you want to hear and continue on the path that you're going? Because if that's the case, it either won't happen or you know, the more, the more not so great stuff are going to really happen and you're not changing it or it's going to take a really long time. But if you decide to take this advice and put it into practice ASAP, then everything that's supposed to happen or that you want to happen or the good things that the cards are talking about happening will happen much quicker for you because what's happening is you are taking the advice, you're working on it, and you're checking off those prerequisites in your spiritual journey to get that goose egg, that you know, reward you're looking for. And then leave it to them because that's really the truth. It all depends on them, as much as like we think spirituality and you know becoming spiritual, becoming someone who deals with divination. Oh, that should mean you get a shortcut, like how we view manifestation. But that's not it. You get what you give, right? So the universe wants to give to you and it wants to provide, but you also just to show to the universe that you're willing to meet them halfway and be open and do the work to be able to receive. Same thing goes for divination when you're asking for solutions to questions. And that would be your best bet when you're first starting out and people ask that question. So you're not kind of like, uh, I don't know, six months. Just Like kids, when people ask questions, I always ask questions back. So, for example, well, when am I going to meet my soulmate? Okay, well, when are you planning to take the advice that your spirit guides and your ancestors have put forth through your card reading into practice? When are you going to start do A, B, and C? Because once you start doing that, the faster you go down this road of meeting your soulmate and being ready for that situation. And then it makes them have to think and really take forth the advice that you've given them and sit in it and more so than not actually take it and use it. All right, guys. So this one's going to be a shorter podcast than normal, but I just want to give you a little bit more feedback on how to effectively use your tools, what to expect, because not everyone tells you what to expect. You just assume you're going to be like, for for my older crowd. You know, like the psychics that were on the the channel that was that had all of like the sham wow and after eleven p.m. call now mystic, you know I don't know Serena and I will tell you your future. That's what people think, and that's not how it happens. It's really a process of learning and basically going to the gym you're reworking out that intuition muscle until it's strong and firm and you just can do it automatically or like breathing um for my younger crowd oh god people think it's like that's so raven i still feel like that's an older crowd i'm so sorry gen z i am so out of the loop but kind of like that like people think it's kind of like that or the um long island medium Love her. There, there's no disrespect. I'm just saying people think usually that's how it goes. And it doesn't for everybody. It's different for everybody. So don't expect to be like at that level from day one. Everyone has a first step. Everyone has a first chapter. So don't be too worried about how you expect things to go and just enjoy the journey. Thank you again for coming to this Mad Hutter's Tea Party where we spilled some more spilled tea together. I know it's a little shorter than usual, but you know, that doesn't mean it wasn't compacted with more really useful information. All right, it's now time for you to find your way back from spiritual wonderland. I hope none of you lose your heads on the way back. This is Witchy Rose, and I'm heading out.